Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunderland Review Show. A goal from Ross Stewart just before half-time ensured Sunderland will head to Hillsborough on Monday, knowing any avoidance of defeat will see the lads travel to Wembley to take on one of Wickham or MK Dons in the League One playoff final. It's a slim advantage, but an advantage it is, and it is a long 90 minutes to go as yet. However, before we get to Monday, myself and a few of our regular guests will be going through what was pretty much an electric evening at the Stadium of Light. Uh, first and foremost, Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, very well, mate. Absolutely shattered. But uh, yeah, it was uh, worth every single minute of it. So yeah, all good, you? Same, mate. I couldn't put it better. It was well worth the drive. Not that I drove like it was actually who drove, but it was well worth her driving me and making tuna sandwiches. Um, Brad, you had a little bit of a shorter trip, but how are you feeling? You all right? Mint. Best way to put it, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, absolutely mm. mint. Just a, just a quick one. I mean, I might have done a little bit of maths before uh, before we came live. And uh, I reckon between the three of us, we did 844 miles yesterday to go and watch that. Decent. Brad let us down with 21.8 miles. But, you know, it, it all counts. It all counts. Now, enough for, no, I, I just went for Hartlepool in general. So it was 21.8 <laughs> And then times two. But yeah, I went far away. I'll, I'll give myself that. Um, I must begin by saying, obviously, listeners will be pleased to know that I pretty much shocked my voice over the, the past week. So my vocal cords are a little bit sore, hence why we're recording a little bit later, because I'll be honest, I could barely even croak a word this morning. But hopefully between sort of the three of us, um, we'll couple together something that doesn't sound like Marge from The Simpsons. Um, Dave, I normally come to you first, so I, I will do again as you were part of the 44k last night, as we've just touched. Um, almost 24 hours sort of after I've asked how you are, but how are you feeling in regards to the game and the result? Yeah, I, I don't want to put a dampener on it, but because it was it was like Brad says, great word, mint. Um, and the atmosphere was amazing. I just just so wished. And I think we're in control, obviously. Yeah, legs we we expended a lot of. Um, energy getting to the part of the game where Chef Wed came on a little bit and give us a bit of pressure, but that's always going to happen. You know, we're not we're not talking Man City v Sunderland here, where it, it's going to go one way for ninety minutes. Unfortunately, um, just that just that twenty minutes, twenty minutes in the second half. I wish we put another one in the back of the net. And, and to be fair, we deserve to. If I'm honest, it it, pro- it definitely should have been two. It probably should have been three. If I'm honest. Um, and we'd probably be sitting here, maybe he's a little bit too comfortable, but it's the Sunderland way. We can't do it too easily, can we? I did make a, a comment to my brother and mate yesterday as we were outside the ground and said, if we win 4-0 tonight, I will boot my Wembley Hotel. Wasn't meant to be, which is such a pity. But yeah, all in all, good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Really enjoyed it. Wasn't too nervous before the game. Um, little bit. But yeah, re- really happy. I think there's some some very good performances and some all right performances. I think I was cool as a cucumber before the game yesterday. I've got to be honest, and people were saying I was lying, but I was. I don't know. I think because we've been here so many times, I was like, yeah, "What will be, will be." Um, it ended up being a great night. Sort of halfway there, I think. Um, it's a big ninety minutes to go, like, and, and potentially more. So I'm, I'm certainly not counting any chickens in any way, shape, size, or form. I'm aware. The second leg is going to be a hell of a tough game, um, just like it was a few years ago against Portsmouth. We got through that one, but 
for, for John McLaughlin not being there, you never know where we might have been that night, but we did, and, and you never know which way it's going to swing, but we, we do know it's going to be a tough evening, so I know we're not there yet, but um, calm about Monday as well, you know, what will be, will be, I think. Um, Brad, obviously, same question to you, how, how are you feeling almost 24 hours later? So, yeah, I, I'm more than happy with it. Um, as, as I said, going into it, any, wi- any win, any lead to take into Monday is a big positive because Sheffield are going to have, they're going to play completely different down their place. Um, they're going to have to come out knowing they have to score. And if you've, if you've seen teams that come at us, we seem to perform better and we will score when teams do that against us. So, all in all, mate, I was absolutely delighted. Um, the atmosphere was in the top three or four, I can remember, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. My son, it's, a, it's the first time, I've had season tickets a few years, but it's the first time he's seen it that full and he couldn't believe it, to be honest. And there was just a real good fact, good feel factor in the build-up to the game in and around the stadium. Um, and the players didn't let us down, really. Like Dave said, could have been two, three. You can pick chances straight away with hit the bar. Um, I think the easiest one we've missed, Dennis Serkin from three yards out, headed it over the bar, open goal. Um, the one at the end, Roscoe, from my view, I was at the opposite end. I thought as soon as he got it, he could have hit the keepers in no man's land. Um, so, yeah, deserving of another goal. Like Dave said, possibly could have, should have been three. Um, but all in all, mate, I'm delighted with it. And it's really eased me going into Monday. Yes, it's going to be a bit nervy at times because you do fancy they'll score, but I also think we'll score. Um, and then your build-up, your preview show, you said 1-0, one 1-0. One and I'm all for that, mate. I think you just never know, dear, but I'm, I'm, I am calm. Like I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if that makes me weird but well maybe it does but um Dave obviously the game is the most important point and we'll definitely get into it we have sort of already but I have to discuss the atmosphere I think you know sadly for us three we're old enough to remember those sort of um early vocal sort of venomous passionate nights and, and days the early days especially at the stadium light and we remember nights like the, the Sheffield United playoff semi-final against Sheffield United where it was just I kind of describe it it was must have been vile for Sheffield United that night. And I felt like it was a little bit like like last night for the, their neighbours, um, Chef Wed. I honestly thought, and I, I like what Brad said there, you literally have took out the words that I, I was thinking. It's up there with the top three, five games in the stadium. I like that I've been there for atmosphere. I can think off the top of my head, Newcastle when Richardson scored was electric. Um, I think when Defoe scored, that was electric. Defoe uh, against Chelsea, Everton when we um, stayed up. And then if you go back to the early days, Sheffield United before and, and kind of all those seasons entwined. But I honestly think that was better than some of those I've just mentioned. Um, I won't say which because that will create too much of a debate. Um, but but where does that rank for you in, in sort of atmosphere, Dave? It's like right up there because if I'm being honest and obviously I don't get as regular as you guys do um, being so far away, but... It's like the best in recent memory for me, like it years and years and years of, you know, and, and kudos for 
the flag displays and the banners and, and stuff. All, all that needs a good shout out for the, the time and effort that they put into it. Um, <laughs> something simple, isn't it? Oh. You can get frustrated at certain people within the club because there's certain things that just give you an identity. And again, it goes back and some people say, oh, this is a new start and whatever. But running out, they're ready to go. It, it's just something that was synonymous with us. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like a new owner going into Liverpool. Okay, maybe he's not to the same extent, but saying we're not singing, you'll never walk alone before the game. It's just synonymous with it. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it was unbelievable. Like, I've, I've, I was in the South Stand, to be honest, looking at a few videos, I think I was probably like about 30 seats away from you and didn't realise. Um, and it was just class from from the well 15 minutes before the kickoff once the banners started going up and all the, the little bits of paper with the cat's eyes and the red and white flag in the south stand and whatever it just it, i think i can probably think of the whole game there might have been a collective 10 minutes when it went quiet and then of course i got extremely pissed off when we got back in the car to drive off because we were stuck in there we we're stuck in the metro station car park for about an hour and a half and some chef wed idiot rings up and goes, P.S. Disclaimer, not all Chef Wed fans are idiots, by the way, just this one particular guy. And he was like, I don't know what they're on about. There was 2,000 of us, and they out, when we outsang them the whole game, I'm like, mate, it's just boring. It's absolutely boring. Get some new patter, because that is absolutely shite. So, yeah, well up there, mate. Well, best in close to a decade for me but obviously I don't get as much as, as everyone else so yeah I read that um, I went on the Sheffield United forum um, Sheffield United Chef Wed all that land of them um, all the same aren't they um, <laughs> no sorry forgive me Chef Wed fans you've met a few decent ones this season but um, I did go on the forum and it said uh, one of them put that, that we were out sang by 2000 warriors what <laughs> I, 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 the only thing i can put it down to is that maybe you know because that i'll be honest obviously chef wed fans sang i heard them when they came out um so they were vocal and a few of them seemed a little bit oiled up as you know you would expect um so they were definitely vocal but i, I struggled to hear them i sit in the, the southwest corner and i don't know if it's just a placement we can't hear each other but to say either set of fans didn't create an atmosphere is just uh, nah, it's not right for me whatsoever. But um, Brad, I want to throw this sort of next one to you. Um, I think me and you are actually probably one of the first people to kind of critique something when it doesn't go right from inside the club. And not in a way that we like criticising them, we just, you know, spade to spade sometimes. And um, there's a few times we've gone, oh, what are you doing that for? That's completely, you know, you've, you've missed a point on that or you're not getting things in the right way. But... I really have to give loads of credit to the club yesterday and in particular the, the media guys, you know, we critique them when it's deserved, you know, I feel, but I think the media lads have absolutely nailed it last night and, and all week and the people that have been in charge of the, the flag displays, I thought the till the end slogan was great based on the late goals we've scored. The promotion of ticket sales obviously worked. Um, yes, we had to buy them, but, you know, there was a big push and I thought it was really well done. Um, the cat's eyes in the stadium, I thought was brilliant. I was quite excited to see what it was going to be like. And I think on top of that as well, you know, you've got 
Um, Spirit of 37 is known. Um, Jamie Lauder and the boys, obviously, massive shout out to them. They're, they're newly formed by name, but obviously we know they've been around a while and putting the flags out and stuff like that. But I thought the whole thing was a fantastic display. I thought inside the club, outside the club, the fans, the club, everyone kind of came together yesterday. And it's um, it's nice to have that because sometimes it can be a bit divided, like many fan bases. But how much credit to you know the fans and the club deserve for the promotion of everything around the game yesterday, Brad? Massive credit, mate. Um, <clears throat> for the first time in a very, very long time, it felt like the club, the fans, the players, everyone associated with Sunderland were as one. I just feel like the promotion was done perfectly. Like, yeah, I'm going to refer back to it. When Salmon Pants, you've seen him on Netflix saying, how are we going to get people in for the Portsmouth game? And who's this match you need to come from? Who it, it, Didn't it come from anyone? It just comes from the club. Some people get behind Sunderland. Don't fuck about with all this fancy PR stuff. The way it was done was absolutely perfect. And another thing, it's a small detail. The scoreboards last night were a bit different. You could see like it was... It was black with the faint cat's eyes behind it. Everything just, it just felt right. Um, and it shows if you, if you can just align the fans with, the, so they can like, associate with the club, you don't need to do too much. The fans will get behind you. And I hope now that the people at the top realise if we push this even further, look what can happen. And that could be a weekly occurrence, things like that. I'm not saying get the flags out every week because that would be a bit costly but the atmosphere itself the amount of people inside the stadium it could happen every single week if it's run right and I think last night was the first time in a long time I've actually thought wow it feels like the club get what the fans are about and what the fans want and <laughs> touch wood it doesn't happen but I'll touch wood anyway if we don't go up there might be a bit of a different swing next season. That the fact that Alex Neal is it's at the helm, he, he can see how much the fans are behind him, and they might and hopefully they back him. And there's more of this unity between everyone associated with Sunderland, and not this big divide. But yeah, massive credit to absolutely everyone involved, and it's all like the local radio stations were behind it as well. They're all giving their little bit of promotion. It's not like just come along the fan that the, the the players need you back, and the fans know that. It's just little simple details means more for me. And uh, like talking about when, when you're saying like the top three or five, I can only name three atmospheres better than that and a better feel good factor. And that was Sheffield United 98, Kevin Richardson's free kick in the Derby 2008, and like the, the 2 1 win, brilliant. And the Jermaine Defoe 2015, 14 15, one of the two. They're the only three in my memory that I can remember. There was just an absolute buzz of the place. So to say that, being a League One club, credit to absolutely everyone involved, mate, and to the players as well, because without the players putting the performance in, the fans do sort of like to drift away for five or ten minutes throughout the game. But we just kept going all game because the players gave us something to shout about. And then they came out second half. And on a, on a regular game... <laughs> First five, ten minutes of the second half, if now it happens, it just goes a little bit quiet. They were straight at it and the noise levels just became something like, wow. And I want that every week. I thought it was great, honestly. Like, the atmosphere, like, for, I had to go and meet a friend to, to give him a shirt um, that they bought off me and I kind of got in 
because the queues were massive and like, there was no queuing system, by the way. I'm not going to put any negatives here, but the queuing system that was just non-existent. It was just a pile of people. Um, but I got in and I was kind of like, oh, crap. I got in like five minutes before kickoff when Proke F was playing. And just even hearing Proke F and thinking, oh, it's close. It's close. coming out in a minute. You know, ready to go is coming on. And the kit, I was going up to me see as the as ready to go came on. And I was like, oh, I've got tingles here. Like kind of like my... Like it was when I was young and I had the CD with a Pro KF on and ready to go mixed it and I had the match day mix on CD and that and like that to me that's just my nostalgia um, and I know nostalgia is sometimes you're on about fresh stars and all this as the famous salmon trousered man would say um, but we don't need a fresh start sometimes no we don't need we, we just need a decent team on the pitch that fights for the shirt <laughs> cliche as it is that that does the job and I think. We're going to play as individually. I thought as a team, we were very good. I have to point that out. But but Dave, I thought first and foremost, um, Luke O'Nine's tackle on one of the lads, I can't remember who it was, just totally set the tone. It was someone um, someone likened it to the, a catamull tackle in a derby where you just set the tone like we are not getting beat the night, by the way. And if we are getting beat or you're getting a result from here, you're going to be battered and bruised coming out of it. And I thought O'Nine set the tone, but... I feel bad picking anyone up because I thought as a team, they all, you know, sweat blood for us on the pitch. And I think Corey Evans is really unlucky um, to not be mentioned here. But two players I thought were outstanding last night, Lyndon Gooch and Bailey Wright, um, absolutely tremendous. But who were your standouts, Dave? Man, I could, uh, I could literally, yeah, I could, I could name five who were outstanding. Uh, and... Uh, to be honest, it was, yeah, unbelievable. And that challenge was on Barry Bannon. So of, of all the of all the players that you want to be putting a stamp on in the first couple of minutes, especially with all the build-up that he'd been given of best player in League One by an absolute mile and blah de blah. Um all nine absolutely smashed into Bannon. I can't believe it was given as a foul, if I'm honest, because that was just a good old-fashioned challenge for me. But it certainly set the tone. Um and his energy was incredible last night, to be honest. Uh I still can't stand and watch him because his technique's absolutely shite. It does me head in. But in, in terms of what he does, he's a nice lad. So don't forget that. Um, you know, if a few of his passes and everything were, were actually half decent, but just the, the way I watch him as a footballer frustrates me, to say the least. But yeah, he was very good. Bailey Wright and Danny Bart, I thought, were absolutely... Rock solid, to be honest. Old-fashioned centre-halves. And especially as the, the way that we pressed the ball was was very impressive, to be honest, in the right areas at the right time. Um, we made them go long towards Gregory and, and very direct. And there was people there for the first ball. There was people there for the second ball. It was old-fashioned defending, which I think is something Alex Nails brought to us, which I quite enjoy. You know, it, it'll... It'll be tested on Monday, and I hope we stand up for it as much as we did yesterday because that'll be that'll be good. I thought Gooch was excellent. I think Gooch for the for the full time he was on the pitch, and I've been he's critic for a while, but I thought he was excellent in terms of delivery, in terms of positioning, in terms of defending energy. I thought he was probably close to my man of the match. Uh, special mention to if if there was one bit that I had. One negative that I had in my head before the game last night was the worry that the atmosphere might get too much for certain players. You know, I was worried about passing a little bit. 
um, because that is a huge game uh, under anything without, I mean, what he played, probably less than 30 professional games in his life. Um, and I thought he was excellent, to be honest. I know we had that one little sketchy moment at the end with a with a deep cross. But other than that, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, mate, and special mention, because let's be honest, we probably haven't got too many podcasts left for this season. My man, Ross Stewart, because I just love him. I absolutely love the man. Um, I know he gets his pelters because maybe he's not in the box all the time or what, but his work rate's just sensational. Um, my brother said to us last night, he's like, he can play a much higher level than what we're offering him at the minute. And that's obviously a worry. So, um, did well to take his goal, even though I think he should have probably slotted. Brad certainly would have finished that, I'm sure, but if he was clean through. <laughs> so, yeah, Lyndon Gooch, you've already called it Bailey Wright. Just a very long way of saying exactly what you said, but why not? I think um, you touched on Patterson there, and we've talked about him a lot, me, Brad, and you. Um, I think he's great. All I want from a keeper, and I always refer back to this guy, right, and it's a bit of a random comparison to make. But one of my favourite Sunderland goalkeepers of all time was Darren Ward because he was just safe. He collected the balls he needed, collected, he makes the saves that he needs to make. And John McLaughlin was really similar. Patterson's in that mode. Collects his crosses, he's strong, he's brave, he makes the saves he needs to make. I don't necessarily need a goalkeeper to be making, I was going to say Craig Gordon next saves there, but he's also an excellent goalkeeper. But the saves he's making recently are the saves that we've seen him make against Bolton. I don't always need that. I, it's great if you've got it. If you can find a Tommy Sorensen, fantastic. But ultimately, all I want is a goalkeeper at this level to collect his crosses, make the saves he needs to make and organise his defence and have some decent distribution. And I think Patterson, for his inexperience in terms of games he's played, it must be under 30. Like you say, I'd be surprised if it's 20. Um, I think he's great. And, and, and I have to touch on that, Brad, like third clean sheet in five last night. Um, there's probably more if I want to go into a 10-game stretch, but I like to go by five games. There was obviously a change to a back four last night. I'm not the biggest fan of the back four with us. I prefer the back three. Um, but it worked last night. Do you think Alex Neal will stick with it on Monday or are you going to switch that up? Uh, personally, I think he'll change it, mate, to a three. <clears throat> it's a whole different ball game going to their place. And for all the positive performances last night, if you are going to put a little bit of a dampener or... I don't want to say dampener, but a little bit of a negative spin on it. I thought we were very weak down the left-hand side. Um, I thought Sirkin was he's young and he he was awful he was giving the ball away far too cheaply some of the times he, he comes inside and you can tell he's going to pass it outside the whole stadium could see he's like he's wrote it on a postcard and then their number two or the right winger has got away and then Sirkin runs runs very funny when you watch him from behind it's like his legs are wide apart and he's just away but he's just Nah, I think he'll revert to a three. Maybe he's bring Doyle in there for me. Um, and I, I think Clark doesn't really give him enough cover for, to, for us to afford to try that at their place. Um, so I, I think there will be a couple of changes. Um, but like like Dave said, I'm a lot confident with Barton Bailey Wright. For, like, for as long as he lives, I hope Bailey Wright has as many good eyes as he wants. He deserves it because um, that was that was a leader's performance, and my man Corey 
he gave a leader's performance in the centre of midfield. He was absolutely brilliant. And like you said, Gooch. I mean, there was one point in the first half, though, Lyndon Gooch, he was the last man. And it came back to him off a corner and he slipped. And Bannon got all of it. But fair play to Gooch, he's like a little terrier. Put him on his ass <laughs> and got us back on the front foot. Um, so, yeah, I, I would think he would make changes because, like we've said, Sheffield... <laughs> They were a little bit more defensive yesterday. They are going to play more open football down there. It's obvious they're the home, they're the home team in the chase in the game. And I think a three gives us a better chance um, of seeing this out or catching them on the break. And I can't see it being with Sirkin, especially after yesterday's performance, because if Darren Moore's got anything to go by, it, he's going to have his players targeting him. And I think Alex Neal knows that. I'd be very surprised to see Sirkin keep his shirt when we've got a left-sided centre-half in Doyle. And I think that'll be the one of the only changes because everyone else put a shift in to say, I deserve to keep my shirt. And like I say, Clark, touch and go, you might be able to bring Embleton in there and put Luke or Nine out on the left to give them a little bit more cover on the left-hand side. But I can't see many changes, maybe just the one or two made. And Ward and Patterson as well. When Chef, when we're getting on the front foot, you'd say the last 15 minutes, they started piling the pressure on. When Patterson came out to collect the ball, he was doing what you want. He was, rather than rushing it, just lying on it. Take your time. Take the sting out of the game. And it allowed us to just, to, just to get a breather. And I think that's what helped us see the game out, if I'm honest. So, yeah, shout kudos to him as well. And uh, just while I'm talking, I'm trying not to read it at the bottom of the screen because you two were putting a chat in. It seems like you've got a personal joke. So I'll shut up, let you come back in, Graham, and I'm going to try and catch up because... Uh, on the different stories are. Oh man, everyone listening is just like oh, in jokes, worst part of a podcast, but staying in, not editing it, can't be bothered. Um, I'm knackered, all right, just deal with it. Um, I do kind of agree with you on Circle, though, mate. Uh, like, all around good team performance, uh, but I always like to touch on any potential negatives, and one of them for me was our left hand side was poor. I thought Jack Clark was, um, I thought he telegraphed everything. I think he does telegraph everything. Again, it's, it, you don't want to pick on effectively kids because Sirkin and Jack Clark are really inexperienced, especially at this level. Like in, in the football at this level, whether you've played a couple of Premier League games or not can be a bit of a funny one. But I think f- for me, I was kind of begging for McGeady to come on or Embo to come on yesterday um, on the left-hand side because I just thought Jack Clark was not doing enough going forward towards the end and, and really not really supporting Sirkin going back. And I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Sirkin, I've got to be honest. Um, I might be in time, um, but I just think since January, since he's kind of came back from his injury just a bit, a bit lightweight for me, but I could probably say the same for Doyle. So I'm I'm not sure, but big Bailey, big Bailey Gaudet, right, should be fine in organising that defence. And it was a clean sheet ultimately, so maybe, maybe we're being a little bit too critical. But... Um, Going into Monday, Dave, we've got about sort of seven minutes or so left. I think one of the big things we need to discuss is something we discussed in the Morecambe review. There is a few things to consider, the formation we've touched on, um, but I can't help but think that if Nathan Broadhead was on the pitch yesterday, a few more of those chances would have nestled in the back of the net and would have been going into Monday a heck of a lot more confident. Um, wasn't even on the bench yesterday, but he did have a late fitness test according to Sky Sports. Alex Neal wasn't letting much out of the bag with him and his fitness. Do you think there's any chance of him playing on Monday? And if there is, do we play him? 
Oh, tough. Um, if if he does pass a late fitness test, then maybe he's he's he could go on the bench if we need a goal. Uh, going in the last 15, 20 minutes. Other than that, you know they, they've proved the problems that we'd have had last night. Other than taking chances, I mean the chances happened to have fallen. Pritchard's been very unlucky with his. Roberts has been unlucky with his. Um, who had I can't remember who had the header. Which Sirkin. Sirkin. was what is that the one? Did no? He just put that over the bar. When he didn't put it on target, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a there was another one, wasn't there? Was a Pritchard again, which Bailey um, Peacock Farrell tipped over the bar. Yeah, Robert died later off to Pritchard. It was just after he hit the bar and he whipped it across him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, in in terms of that, I think we've been on Pritchard hitting the bars unlucky. The one chance which is guilt edge is um, is literally. Sergan, I mean, he's got to hit the target from there. There's no excuse for it. So if Broadhead's in there, that's slightly different. But in terms of the the balance of the team, like you both said, the left-hand side was the problem. And obviously Broadhead wouldn't necessarily fix that. So I don't think we're desperate for him. Yes, he's a good footballer. Yes, he will have a, he, he will score. And he gives us a different dimension because he's closer to Ross Stewart than anyone else would be. But I don't think he's essential, especially if we can get away without using him and then he's fit for the final. I'd take that all day long. Um, so, yeah, not, not too much for me. I think exactly like Brad said, it'll be back to back three. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've got every confidence as well that we can that we'll maybe nick a goal somewhere and hopefully we're solid enough and, you know, quiet them down. Let's be honest, Chef Webb were wasting time from two minutes, 30 seconds I saw on the board last night. We just go down there and we shit house our, our way through it ourselves. Keep the fans quiet and, yeah, see how we get on. Already been told about Fortress Hillsborough. And it might be, didn't get us wrong, but I heard about Fortress Fratton as well. That didn't happen either. Um, so maybe I'm tempting fate a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Let's go down and do our best to maybe quieten down in some way or another. And that brings me on to the next question, Brad. Um we conceded one goal in five away from home. We know that another clean sheet puts us into a final. So does Alex Neal approach Monday, sit back, sit tight, look to hit on the break, or go on the front foot, press high like last night, don't let them play, play in their half and get the early goal and, and hopefully go on to, to win? <laughs> if I knew that, mate, I'd be a professional football manager. I haven't been able to guess anything that he's going to do. He's probably going to stick with a back four and I'll have sort of three. Um, he'll approach the game how he feels is the best opportunity of us, of not necessarily winning, but getting to Wembley, which is the aim. Um, personally, in my opinion, is the back three. And it would be to press from the front, but not leave stupid gaps in behind. And I feel like we haven't been doing that since Corey Evans has came into a little bit of form. He is just marshalling in front of that defence. So even when we do go on the press, it always feels like, even though it's a back three, we've got like a little diamond in the back four. So I don't feel like... We- we risk in one game and that's like uh, ruining the, the other side of it. I feel like it's like a good balance that we've got. So, uh, look, if we get an early goal, Hillsborough won't be a fortress. They will get on their back. And yes, then we just fucking sit 11 men behind the ball for me. Um, 
but for the start, mate, I, I just think he'll set up how he feels best, and that is probably his play-hour game. But don't do anything too stupid. Um, so, <laughs> to answer your question, I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> None of us do, and that's why we are on a podcast, not in the dugout. Um, on a serious note, obviously, Sheffield fans listening might think I had a bit of a dig there, and yeah, technically I did, but... Hey, look, anything can happen in 90 minutes and I think it's going to be a really tough game no matter how we look at it. I'm, I'm not saying that to save face. Hillsborough is a tough place to go to. Sheffield, for me, one of the better sides in this league. They're the one side I kind of didn't really want to face over two legs, but we've got an advantage and, and you know, I don't think anyone would have fancied facing Sunderland either. We're still a form team that's 14 games unbeaten. We're not really conceding goals and, hey, anything can happen, but we're reviewing a game based on yesterday and we're looking at going into it. So, really quick question um, for all of you. Um, all to you. I mean, it's on that there's loads of us on the call there. It's not necessarily the case. Um, before we go, Dave, one word answer. Are Sunderland going to beat Sheffield Wednesday or get a draw? Ultimately, are we going to get a Wembley? One word answer. Uh, you can't have one word, uh, but I'm, I'm not giving it. I didn't give a prediction yesterday to anyone who asked me, so I'm not saying a word. But I'm exactly like you. I've got confidence in who we have in the squad and who's running the squad at the minute. And that's as good as you'll get, unfortunately. It's not a bad answer, to be fair. Brad, one word answer if you can. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Good. No, so I didn't use three words then, like I did last time. <laughs> well, you know, you, you can you can never rate our intelligence levels on here. Um, you can rate the podcast to five, though, on Apple and Spotify. Um, don't do that, though. I get one or two ones because people think I'm obviously. Um... But yes, I'm going to say yes as well. And, and we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday with a, a review show. There'll be no more previews from a semi-final perspective. Hopefully there'll be one from a Wembley perspective. And I, I, I'm, I, I think, I hope, I pray, got everything crossed that we will get there. But um, if this is to be the penultimate show, um, thanks very much for staying with us throughout the season. I hope it's been some, some, some source of entertainment and a bit of fun to listen to. Obviously, we all enjoy doing it. Hope you enjoy listening. If you don't, that's also completely fine. Um, still going to continue doing it. So, um, but I, how are the lads? Thanks for giving an amazing atmosphere. Those of you were there last night and those who are watching the telly, thanks for rolling us on from there as well. We heard you as well. Hopefully, we'll get through Monday and see you all at Wembley. Mm-hmm.